Hey folks, Josh here. This fall at Gen Con, the largest tabletop gaming convention in the world, our show will be hosting its very first live recording session, taking place August 2nd at 8 p.m. in the Crown Plaza Hotel in Indianapolis. This show will include a one-time recording of a What's in the Rift one-shot, as well as a prize drawing amongst ticketed guests where we'll be handing out exclusive What's in the Rift Gen Con 2024 custom t-shirts, as well as a Cortex Prime RPG handbook signed by the system's creator, Cam Banks. Tickets are $6 and available via Gen Con's events page. You can find more information and a link to the sales portal at rift.show forward slash live. We can't wait to see you there. Rusty Quill presents. Good morning, folks. Josh here. Or good evening. Whatever. Time is a meaningless construct. What isn't meaningless is the support you provide for the show. If you'd like to contribute, visit us at riff.show forward slash Patreon to join our Patreon for ad-free episodes and special messages from myself and the cast. Or eat up this time where I beg for money by purchasing the right to make my mouth move in a way that you want it to for $10 at riff.show forward slash Kofi. That is K-O-F-I. And, and let's just be clear, by the mouth moving the way you wanted to, I meant talking. I, I know how some of you think. All right, let's head straight into what's in the rift. Be advised that this episode of What's in the Rift contains pursuit and kidnapping and murder of authority figures. For the best listening experience, we recommend headphones. Previously on What's in the Rift. Just listen, listen. Do not try to steal a van. Why? That won't go well for you. What do you really know about this place that you've ended up? And as you take off running, she swings this baton straight at you. You are going to get hit with this thing. Oh! What you feel is an immediate and all-encompassing searing pain. As soon as the baton hits her, and it's not hard enough to even really make that much of a thwack, Blanche seizes up and almost statue-like hits the ground. All right, Jenny, run this bitch over. (sighs) I really want to, but Jenny wouldn't do it. Jenny's way too nice. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it because Jenna's a super threat. The door that's slightly ajar hits Robert and he twists off to the side, allowing Ace to do awesome dog things. And the van skids back and stops abruptly, just hitting Jenna, and she falls over, stopping short of Blanche, who is helpless on the ground. We need to move her out of sight. Once I get Blanche to the van, I'll come over and help you move her. And then we should probably load up and get out of sight ourselves. Is she... Did I... She's not coming with us. I have a question. Uh Uh-huh. What was Jenna wearing? Jenna was wearing the same black jumpsuits that every... Oh, that was what we were supposed to take, the fucking jumpsuits. Oh, it was part of our plan. We're bad with this plan shit, just, you know. Actually... Did you see any extra jumpsuits in the van, Jenny? Jenny's not with you. Jenny is by the body, taking off the jumpsuit. A number of miles away. Court, you are in the back of a van. All right, Court, I'm going to place this in your neck, and you're going to feel very tired. Thank you. Genuinely. And she presses this against your neck. The doors, as you are wheeled through them, bear a clear stenciling that says, UCRI Center for Study, Manchester. Oh, I thought that was going to jail. (laughs) Oh, Court, no. Court, here's your room, room 2517. Same room as always. We're really glad to have you back. What the fuck? There's really only one thing that you got to watch out for. They're going to call out periodically for a, a passphrase. 
Victoria is obviously agitated. Why does no one listen to me? What's in the Rift is intended for mature audiences. This show includes death, drug use, criminal activity, and a consistent undercurrent of existential dread. Any children discovered listening to this show will get the hammer. Our story continues with a furious Victoria pounding on the hood of your stolen white UCRI <laughs> van. Goddamn window. Are you trying to get us all killed? No, I'm trying to get court back. And you should have seen what Jenny did. I do not care. Do you understand what you've done by bringing this van here? Well, I mean, I'm sure they're tracking it, so kind of. Every second that you're in that van, you're at risk of them showing up here. We can't stay here. We have to go. And I don't mean we have to go to a different house. I don't mean we have to go to a different street. I, We have to get the fuck out of Orlando right now. Well, coincidentally, that's what we were planning. Yeah, we gotta find court. I'm sorry. You're going to take that van? Do you want some free candy? Your plan is to take the UCRI van, the van of the organization that we're trying to avoid? Is this your idea of being inconspicuous? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't call it inconspicuous. Do you have a better way for us to go? You were all supposed to just go find out what happened to court, and now you've come back with a van. But we found out though. How does the van factor into this? It'll get us to where we're going. And we got a hostage, too. Robert, back here. <clears throat> Say hi, Robert. Hi, Robert. Hi. Uh, what's your name? I hand him my business card. Victoria reaches and slaps the card before Robert has a chance to grab it. What the hell is wrong with all of you? You're all treating this like like it's a fun weekend getaway. I mean, you knew our plan was to go get court. I specifically warned you about drawing attention or getting too close to those vans when you brought up the idea of getting a UCRI van. Did I not tell you explicitly not to do that? Yeah, but Victoria, you've told us not to do a lot of things and you haven't told us why. What more do I need to tell you? You do not want to be captured by these people. That's even more reason to get court as fast as possible. And to leave right now. So exactly. So either get in the van or do you think that I listen, got to get in the van and come with us to yeah, fine. where are we going again? You or, all can stay in the van. Goodbye. Manchester. Yes. Those are those are your options. I'm, I'm in firm agreement with the little one here. Hey, watch it. Getting in that van is a suicide mission. I don't care. If you are all so dead set on killing yourselves, go ahead. How do you think I got to Orlando, though? You didn't think I had some type of arrangement to get out of here? It kind of didn't seem like a... You know, we kind of just ran to this basement and it didn't even have enough chairs for us. If you have a better option, I'm, I'm interested. I wish I had time to explain fully to you while we're standing out in the middle of the street and you're in a fucking UCRI van. I have a vehicle. There may have been too many of you for my car, but we could have found another option to transport the rest of you other than a fucking UCRI van. Would you take us to the facility where Corp's being held? I would take you all the way back to Chicago if you wanted. I don't want you all to die because I've never gotten this close to getting any kind of an answer so far. If it means going there, fine. But I will not get into that van because I will not end up in a UCRI facility again. If you can help us get there and it would be safer since you do know this world better than we do, that might be a better idea. So the other problem with us keeping the van, guys, is that if they do that check-in, 
and we don't have the dead woman's code, they're gonna immediately come down. Somebody's dead? You killed someone? Uh, yeah. yeah. You killed someone. Not on purpose. Just fuck. She was about to kill Blanche. What was her name, Robert? Uh, Jenna. Yeah, Jenna, Jenna died. It's okay. She wasn't that nice anyway. Didn't give off that vibe, for sure. She's... She's not wrong about the van, though. There is monitoring on the van that I'm pretty sure yes. I told y'all about. There's something that we're supposed to, uh, you know, adhere to in these situations. It's called the continuous uniform. Uh, it's in that binder that he showed us. Van 342, Van 342, can you explain why you've broken the CUDP? Fuck. Can we explain it, Robert? I hand the radio to Robert. We did what the fuck? Uh, uh, yeah. Just had to, we had... And he looks nervously at all of you real quickly. Like, he doesn't have a good lie to tell them. We had... We had Jenna... Jenna, uh... Jenna wasn't feeling good. We stopped to get some antacids. Uh, can we get a quick passphrase authentication? Uh, hold still. A very loud, two-toned, shrill sound echoes in the van cabin and a blue cylinder emerges from the dash in between the driver's and passenger seats. Robert looks nervously at both of you and says, uh, What do you want me to do here? Is that a fucking like, bomb or something? No, it, it's it's a it's a coyote. It's one of those camera things. Oh. I'm just going to, like, hold up the binder then so it covers me from the lens. Robert leans down, and he sees you holding up the binder and all this, and he looks at all of you very confused. There's a soft windscreen cover at the end of this Koyos machine, and he speaks directly into it. Flowers for a fiend. Flowers for a fiend. Van 342? Awaiting that second passphrase. I'm gonna kill you, Robert. Uh, like I said, dispatch, Jenna is not feeling well, and she's in the toilet. Currently indisposed. She, she's on the shitter. There's a long silence. And then the Koyos machine pulls back into the dash. Van 342, you have five minutes to comply. Robert, I know we just met, but you shouldn't be using terms like shitter with your superiors. That's the least of your concerns right now. So what are you guys doing? We need to get the fuck out of here. Keep that binder, Tosca. So we either need to take the van or Juno had a car where is it I can I can take you there but we should find out what Vicky had planned Vicky huh I don't know if Vicky had a plan well regardless court's waiting so we have to figure this out there isn't time to just sit and figure this out. We have to move. Get your things. Let's go. Victoria storms back off into the building to grab her things. Vicky. Are we going with her, guys? We don't know where she's going. We can't take this car at this point. Yeah, it was a good idea for a minute, but... Are we going to go get Jenna's car? Let's grab everything out of it that would be useful. Here's the thing. You have five real-world minutes to make a decision on what you're doing and to get yourselves moving there. My preference would be to abandon Victoria. I don't like her vibe. 
She's too secretive, but I do think she probably knows what we something that we don't. That I do might think melt. we're definitely gonna need two cars. Yeah, Is this, I agree. So we might have to go get Jenna's car, which means we would unfortunately have to split the party, which is not. Great. But actually, but, that might be I, better because if they catch one van and we're all exactly. in it, they caught us all. But if they catch mm. one car and we're split, there's still the other half of us to rescue the rest of us. Jenna has had third row seating. Oh, you could maybe get everyone in there. Where's her vehicle? It's not a UCRI vehicle? No, it's... It's outside the Duncan. <laughs> the Duncan? It was just... It's maybe a half mile from here. Also, do we have the keys to Jenna's car? Four minutes left. Well, we took her whole jumpsuit, oh, so... Okay. <laughs> okay, so maybe, so maybe so. we need to send a few people with Victoria... If, if we have a way to communicate, send a few people with Victoria and me and Bruce and Robert can go get Jenna's car and then find out where you guys are and meet up. Why do we need to split if we're all going to... Yeah, that, that I was thinking about. I forgot she's got third There's row seat. that in. same two-tone alarm sound that comes out of the UCRI van behind you. God damn it. Listen, listen. Let's all go. I don't want to split us up again. What happened last time? We lost court. I think if we have a vehicle that all of us fit in, we should do that. And Victoria can come with or not. Exactly. I'm with Jackie there. Well, we definitely need a second car, so either we split up and get Jenna's car or but we go we together and get but Jenna's car. But we'll all fit in Jenna's car, We're not though. splitting up. We're going to go to Jenna's car. Then let's go get Jenna's car. Yeah, let's do that. Three minutes. Are we going? Or are we going? What's what's going on? We're going to get this other thing. going to go get a bigger vehicle. Uh, okay. Where? Duncan? A half a mile away. About a half mile away. <laughs> it's a Duncan. Will you meet us there? Can I not go with you? Yeah, she can go with us. I mean, sure. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, let's let's go. Let's go okay, then. Please, let's go. Robert sets off up the street. No, it, it's just up this way. It's a few blocks walk there. You're in a completely unfamiliar and in some ways unrecognizable Orlando that each one of you had experienced differently heading into this night. The buildings around you are strangely urban for such a touristy, whimsical place for you, Jenny. Jackie, the fact that there are streets and roads and the sheer amount of people here is difficult for you to wrap your head around. It doesn't feel like an Orlando that any of you know. It feels strangely hostile. Robert, do you know who Mickey is? Mickey, Mickey Rourke? Oh, it's so much worse than I thought. It's right up here. Robert points straight ahead towards a large black SUV. Fuck yeah. Is there anything suspicious around? Well, you say that. As he's pointing, you hear a squeal of tires and a white van comes spinning around the corner. Oh, shit. At at very high speed. Okay. I ready a bomb arrow. (laughs) (laughs) Been playing a lot of Zelda, y'all. Any immediate reactions from any of you? I'm running toward the SUV. As Tosca starts running and you guys have a brief moment of panic, the van speeds by you and continues along the road. Meanwhile, Robert is frozen in place. Hurry, hurry, open the car. There's bound to be more. I will reach into the pockets and hopefully find key fob Mm -hmm. and open the door. Victoria dives into the car after swinging the door wide. She needs to chill. Yeah, for real. Think about where we are, though, guys. If you lived here, you might be a little on edge, too. Yeah, you're you're all remarkably calm, given all this. I'm pretty sure I sold myself a bit there. I mean, I guess I'm in it now, huh? Robert, my man, I'm pretty sure I've traveled through space and time already today, so are you all right with anything else that happens? Yeah, that was like a low-stress situation. We were told that we were authorized to kill people in certain situations. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Why what did you fuck? unbind his I'm hands? Not, I'm, I'm not. It's not, it's not a threat. To kill anybody. I'm not doing it. Remember? It, it, it's just a job. Did, did I mention I have a daughter? 
He's got a daughter. S- Samantha. Samantha. Did I tell you her name? It's Samantha. No, we, we don't. We don't care. Sh- she's in third grade. Wow. That's a great age. <laughs> yeah, uh, but maybe we should get in the car. Let's go, guys. Come on. I walk over and get in the car. Who's the best driver? Bruce, you're not driving. <laughs> That's why I asked. Jenny won't let me drive, so... You don't know how to drive, Tosca. I learned earlier. Today. (laughs) We don't want Robert to do it. How about we have Victoria drive? I'll I'll drive. It's fine. She knows the area. No, 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 no. That's an issue. As you guys are piling into the car, you can see Victoria already has forced her way into the driver's seat. Oh my Damn and, is, girl. and is gripping the wheel with white knuckles. Victoria, are you sure you're in the right mindset to drive? Seriously, if you don't want to be seen, why would you put yourself in the driver's seat, the most seen place in a are car? Are you going to take us to Manchester? Do you still not understand what the fuck is going on here? I they mean, I guess we don't. Dude, you need to chill. Okay, but you need to chill. Like... We've made it this far, not listening to you. May, you may see her taking a very, very deep breath. She exhales and turns back around slowly towards the rest of you. This has been the past three years of my life, all leading up to this moment. And all of you are acting like you're on a fucking picnic right now. I have watched person after person after person get captured by UCRI, thrown into vans, and just disappeared. What I'm trying to do is is keep that from happening to you. And if you want to turn this into some kind of joke, then you fucking can. But I'm trying to keep you all alive. Okay, but the thing is, you've only seen them get taken. You don't know what happens after that. You're just assuming the worst, that they're dead. Maybe they... Take them on vacation. I don't know. I'm just saying. Let's not make problems where there isn't one. Vicky, if you want us to trust you and let you take the lead, you need to be a little bit more giving. Fine. Fine. I guess this is your show now. You're a real bright guy, huh? Yeah, go ahead. I thought we had a moment there in the basement. But sure, let's hear your plan to get us out of here. I wasn't saying you shouldn't come. I'm just saying let somebody else drive. No, no. Fine. Jenny, will you drive, please? Yeah, yeah, I'll go. Do we know how to get to Manchester? North. All right, let's go. All right, we roll out. Roll out. Tosca, you're in charge of the tunes. This is wild. Two cars in one day, three cars, including the van. That's That's something else. You have no idea. The five of you, Ace, Vicky, and Robert, are all piled into this dead woman's SUV, and you take off. It's a little cramped, but you're finally mobile and starting to move away from Orlando. Couldn't Blanche, like, sit between us and give everybody else more room? Excuse me? <laughs> That's a bit insulting. Robert, Robert, you're rubbing off on these people. Uh, you merge onto the 408 from surface streets. And it's not too long of a drive. Given the excitement of this morning, a carjacking, a murder, uh, everything else that's transpired, the car ride out on the 408 is relatively peaceful. However, that is shattered when Victoria audibly gasps and in an almost panicked manner begins breathing heavily at the sight of a yellow and black sign over the roadway up ahead. It's not real clear what it is at first, but it doesn't take long for it to come into focus. Koyo's checkpoint ahead. Keep hands on wheel. Passengers sit upright and face forward. At your current speed, you have about maybe a minute before you hit this thing. So I have a minute timer here for you guys to decide what you're doing. Starting now. Everybody down except Robert and Vicky. I'm going to slow down to the speed limit first, so we have a little more time. And I'm going to do what it says to do and sit straight. Okay. 
Victoria, what does this mean? They're going to scan everybody they can see in the car. What does that mean when they scan? The Koyos machine will run you against their database. Get down. What if it can't scan any of us? What do you mean? What if it? What, yeah, what if it's if none of our faces are available for it? Like they're all covered. You're about 110 feet away from the first of the blue checkpoints. She says, "You have to get down. You have to get down." I put my face down. I'm gonna sit, but I put my face down. Vicky jumps forward to the front of the car, and and puts her face as close to where your body is as she can manage. Tosca, what are you doing? I'm sitting straight. I'm slightly obscuring my face with my hand. Okay. What? It's going to scan you, though. You pass the first of these. First? Yes. There's a long series of blue tubes, tubes that you've come to see more and more that you've spent time in this world. And there is a series of about 12 to 15 of these things on either side of the 408. They are spaced roughly 150 yards apart, and they stretch across the next mile or so of the 408. Good fucking God. You said we already passed the first one? The first one passes, and there's a red flashing light that appears on your dash. And a message plays on the heads-up display for this SUV painted across the windshield for you, Jenny. It says, face obscured. All passengers must sit straight with hands on wheel or on laps. I think we need to switch Victoria and Robert up front. Yeah, is that possible? Yeah, do we have anywhere we can stop while we're driving or is this one of those like we have no, to do we need it? to move while we're moving. Oh boy. Victoria, sit in my lap. Victoria moves and sits as close to you on the seat as she can. And I slide down into the floorboard. No, she can, like, sit on my lap, like... How are you driving with her sitting on your lap? She's driving. Okay. She's got her hands on the steering wheel, but Jenny's operating the pedal. (laughs) This is not a typical driving technique. I'm going to need a roll. This is going to be a D10 challenge. Turn on the cruise control. The cruise control does not account for somebody getting into your lap with a steering wheel right there. All right. Anyways, I tell her to sit in my lap and take the wheel. And I um and I'm going to hold the pressure on the gas just the way that I have. You've been. already passed the second one and the red flashing light is getting more intense and the warning flashes again. You've told Victoria to sit in your lap. We're going to pause the actual real-time execution of this and we're going to do a test here. This is going to be a D10 test for you, Jenny, to maneuver Victoria onto your lap without causing an accident, basically. You have an opportunity on this roll. It is an 11, but I did roll a 1, so... Okay, okay, okay. Um, Alright, so flirted with death, because um, clearly, issues. I will use my relationship with, I guess, really any of the folks in the car. They're all a D6, because uh, I'm trying to not kill them. Values... I don't know, I feel like I could make an argument for either pragmatism or self-preservation. So my argument for pragmatism is that I'm trying to think of a way to basically make it look like she's the one driving, right? Like I'm trying to basically game the system in a very logical yet simplistic way because we don't really have a whole ton of time to think of a game plan. I mean, it's a pragmatic decision to try and listen to the person that lives in this world. All right. And then specialties, I don't know, I'd probably say enforcer because this is definitely very physical. I'm not really investigating anything, so that doesn't feel right. Yeah, I would probably say enforcer on that. And then being a 10 or an 11, I'm being an 11. With an opportunity. You can spend a plot point to take advantage of that. Okay, ready, huzzah. Well, I got a 10 and a 5, so I am good, but I also rolled a 1. And the other was a two. So the opportunity in the hitch will offset. Huzzah. You do manage to get yourself in a position where Victoria is on your lap, 
and the car has not deviated from a normal driving pattern enough to alert the machines to anything unusual going on here. However, you have two fails out of the 12 in this series. I'll let you know right now, mechanically, as kind of a peek behind the curtain, you have one more failure before there are countermeasures deployed. Well, hopefully now she's in place and uh, we won't fail again. Tosca, I need to know what you're doing. At this point, since we failed to, I'm going to drop into the floorboard and get as low as I can. And I will, for the record, I have my face and head like pressed against her back, so like I shouldn't be poking out anywhere. The successful roll there means that you're in a pretty safe position. Whatever happens next will not be because of anything you did, Jenny. Y'all hear that? Not my fault. (laughs) (laughs) You passed the third checkpoint, and there's a red flash on your heads-up display again. Shit, 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 shit! You feel the van slowing, almost like an engine brake. There's a new message on your heads-up display this time. In flashing red letters, it reads, Inconsistent passenger count detected. Please slow your vehicle and move to the side of the road. Await authorities. Oh no, this is a straight police state. This SUV continues to engine brake on you. Even though I'm still pressing the gas? Yep, and you are capping out right now at about 25 miles an hour. Turn on the radio, turn on the radio. Turn on the radio? Why? Yeah, uh, try my thing. Oh, your thing? Oh yeah. Fine, 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 fine. I'll turn on, I guess. Put on static. You swap the radio station over. First, tell me what it is that you want, what you're trying to divine here. Really just trying to see if there's any way to stop the car from stopping, get any feel for that. Okay. As you know, Spirit Radio doesn't really give you any kind of clear direction. But you do have an almost instinctual feeling that whatever is happening here is happening somewhere between the dash and the engine. Not something that you can easily reach from inside the car. That there must be some kind of restrictor plate that's been activated. The more you focus on the static, the more you're getting an image in your head of a shape. A shape that is difficult for you to describe, but you would know immediately if you saw it. Robert. Yeah. Come with me. We're going to pop the hood. The car is moving, buddy. What are you talking about? I think we got to stop it. Do you want me to pull over? I think we have to. Okay. I will let go of the gas and start to put the brake on slowly. Robert, you've got to know something about this, working for UCRI. I, I don't know anything about it. Just because I work at UCRI, man. I'm, I'm not... I can, I can try to help if that's what you want, though. This is, this is like a job. This isn't a career. They don't give me any kind of special training. That's true, but they seem pretty serious, and... <sighs> yeah, yeah, they're serious, for sure. And you're kind of with us now, so that might not be too great for you. Fuck me. You pull to the side of the road... Jenny, as you give a cursory glance at the mirrors, is Victoria still on your lap? Mm Mm-hmm. That's why I only hit the brake, assuming she would, you know, be smart enough to pull the sign. Vicky gets you guys pulled off to the side of the road, but as you're giving a glance in the mirror, you notice that there's a vehicle that looks suspiciously like a, a cop car behind you. And as you begin to pull off, it approaches rapidly and starts to pull off into this breakdown lane behind you. Bruce, hurry up. All right. Bruce, you open the the car door. You and Robert pile out. Robert goes and unlatches the hood and puts it up. You can almost sense the area where this inhibitor is. Right there. Come on. You got it. You've seen something like this. You've lived in this world your entire life. Uh, Sure. What do you want me to do about it, though, man? A beans. You hear a car door open. In the distance. Bruce, if you're going to rip it out, just fucking do it. Is this something that can be ripped out? You look at this thing, Bruce, and there's a number of, well, there's two main wiring harnesses coming off of it. 
and there's a very obvious mechanism that appears to be impeding some type of valve. And looking at it, do you know anything about cars at all, Bruce? Nah, I think he's too much of a nerd. Okay, it's something attached to some kind of line leading into the top of the engine. Do you know anything about cars? I cleaned shitters for an elementary school before this, man. Costco, go help them. Yes, I know anything about cars. Yeah, I've, I just today's the first day <laughs> I've ever been in a car. <laughs> I might be able to help. I work on my bike. Yeah, Jackie, go help them. Jenny, you look in that rearview mirror as you're all talking about getting out, and there is someone approaching the back of your car, somebody wearing a wide-brimmed hat and a rather officious-looking tan and taupe uniform. This is a, a state trooper. I get my baton at the ready. Jackie, if we pull this off, is the car still going to run? What do you think? Let's freaking hope so. You hear in the distance somebody shout, Hey! And you go to pull this thing off. This is going to be a D6 test to see whether you can wrench it off before this guy reaches you. Uh, Summer, how? I'll tell you right now, before you decide what's going on here, you've got to beat a 10. I have two fives up on two D6. I'm willing to try against the odds. Against the odds, Survivor. And then I'm going to use my relationship with Bruce as he's a moral support at the moment and then i am going to add self-preservation and then handy person okay go ahead and give me that roll trying to beat a 10 um don't like that (laughs) i can only add two of the dice up right yep Okay, I got a nine. You start to yank on this thing, and as you're wrenching at it, it's not giving at all. You give up at a certain point on trying to just get it off and start pulling at the wires, but they're not giving away as rapidly as you'd hope either. And you hear a clink as a man taps a mag light on the hood of the car. Hey there. Quite the uh, party you guys got going on here. What are you? Uh, what are you doing? Where is he standing? He's standing on the passenger side of the car, and he is over the shoulder of Robert right now, who is standing stock still and staring off into the distance. Okay. Bruce, Jackie, where are you standing? I think we're leaned over at at the hood. Uh, we're just having a little, uh, engine trouble. Yeah, we're really getting hammered by this. <laughs> oh, God. Fuck. <laughs> Let me give you my, my license. Here's my business card. I'm going to whisper to Victoria, are the cops in this world in cahoots with UCRI? Look, UCRI owns everything. I don't know how to... Uh, Do you have kings in your world? King? No, no. Do you know what a king is? I mean, yeah, like, they have a queen in England, but... Okay, so if we're all peasants, UCRI is the king. And everything flows up to the king, right? So, so might he have animosity toward that sort of situation. This is uncharted territory. I've done everything in my power to get away from people like this, and I I think for very good reason. The cop looks at you, Bruce, and says, Hmm. Business card. Okay. And he tucks that into his front pocket. Did you hand him your license? Yeah. Bruce is used to being compliant, just following his instincts. You've got a Canadian license? Yeah. (laughs) Oh. But there's no picture, of course. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Is there a drawing of you? Fucking hacker. (laughs) Wait, so how do the licenses in your world work then? Like, how do you prove that it's you? (laughs) So his world doesn't even have photographs? Like, no. So 
when you turn 18, you get your official portrait done, and that's used for <laughs> all of your government pieces. So, okay, okay. Do you commission your own artist? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Okay, oh it's our tiger ID. <laughs> okay, oh, That type of artist is strictly a career that is like utilitarian. Can we get Alex to draw a picture of Bruce's license? Because no one see it. <laughs> it's like a police sketch of him. A police sketch? <laughs> no, it's like a police sketch. <laughs> hold on, hold on, because I have to. So you you hand you hand this Florida cop your out of country license and as he's examining <laughs> he's it he's, <laughs> he's he's looking at the address he's looking at the province that you're from and then he looks over at a color drawing of bruce yeah like a police sketch <laughs> he stops for a second and you can visibly see his face twist up. And then he looks back up at you, Bruce. Is this some kind of fucking joke? What do you mean, officer? We're just having some engine trouble. What is this? You can see my business card there. I'm a, a director of data analytics. I'm a respectable businessman. You're telling me that they draw their licenses in Canada. That's what they do in America, <laughs> too. He looks real suspicious at you, and he takes a step back. Yeah, I'm hitting him with the baton. I, I'm, I'm, hitting, I'm hitting this dude with the baton. Okay. Tosca, I'm going to need you to build me a dice pool. Okay. Um, he is not expecting this because, quite frankly, nobody in this world would be silly enough to attack the police this close to a Koyos machine. Okay. Well, I am. So here we go. It's a D6 challenge. Rift is crumbling. Crisis will be added because you guys are just contributing to that bullshit now. <laughs> That's another opportunity, but you have to beat a 10. Uh, no, excuse me, a 12. Okay, uh, I'm going to use resourceful by necessity. I'm going to use self-preservation. Any one of the relationships, I guess, uh, Bruce, since he's the one in the hot seat right now. And then I'm going to go with scoundrel. You're beating a 12 with an opportunity. Okay, I have a 5, a 10, so that's 15. Yes. And I did roll a 1. Your hitch will be canceled out by the opportunity. Okay. A 15 does beat a 12. So tell me exactly what you're doing here. So I'm sticking the baton out the window. I'm guessing um, I would have rolled down the window by now. And I'm going to get as close as I can to his neck. So I'm going to squeeze the handle as hard as I can. As hard oh my as God. you can. As hard as I can. Oh, wow. Okay. Murder. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like murder to me. <laughs> Bruce, we're going to play this out from your perspective. This cop palms your ID and his hand drops to his waist as he takes a step back away from the hood of the car. And you can tell that he's starting to draw something. It's almost as if he's frozen in place. And it's a fraction of a second. You see the life in his eyes just evaporate. You're greeted by a dead Dalai stare in the half of a second that it takes for Tosca to squeeze down on this baton as hard as he can and jab it into the back of this man's neck. Tosca, from your perspective, there is a brush that you feel that extends up your forearm and ends in a dull pain just below your elbow. But whatever energy is directed back at you hits 100-fold on the man that you just struck. He freezes in place, and then with every muscle in his body tightened and locked in place, he falls to his side comically almost, completely in the exact same position he was, stepping back away from the car. And he lays there dead on the side of the road. Okay. Well, we have a dead cop, and we also need to figure out how to get whatever clamp this is off of this valve so we can make the car go. Before anything else can happen, the Koyos machine closest to the car does something that you haven't seen before. It starts to retract. As you watch, Jenny, from your perspective, with Victoria on your lap, you can see the machines on either side of the road collapsing in a similar pattern, almost as if 
they've triggered from this one machine and now are propagating out in a wave pattern. And Victoria awkwardly cranes around to look at you and says, Well, this is about to get real, real interesting. About 550 miles away. God damn it. <laughs> damn it. Or you are sitting in a cold room, a room that smells faintly of antiseptic and bologna sandwiches. Oh, no. <laughs> Terrible. This is the worst day ever. The blanket that you're sitting on is soft, but also scratchy in a way that's not annoying enough to just be annoying, but not comfortable enough to be comfortable either. You've been in this room now for the better part of the day. It's mid-afternoon. You've been here in this room for three or four hours. You haven't seen Helen since she first dropped you off and let you know what was going on and said that it was good to have you back. But, um, but yeah. Ford's going to get up from the bed in an overly dramatic fashion because she's starting to get quite bored. And make your way over to that computer. The machine, much like the kiosk that you had first approached in your arrival in this world after getting separated from the rest of your group, is a yellow-sided terminal covered in words. The only recognizable one to you is truth. And it supports that same pleasant blue interface. Uh, Court's gonna type in... Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong on this one. Court has seen UCRI, Right. Oh, almost definitely, yes. Yeah, so you saw it on the helicopter. You've seen it on the van. Court's going to type that into uh, the search function. There is just a mess of results that come back. The very first result that you get back appears to be some type of like marketing and or informational website. There's a little preview window with a picture of a smiling man with shaggy long sideburns and, and a black ruff of hair wearing a pair of spectacles on a chain around his neck. And he's smiling and holding a clipboard and making a grand gesture in front of a large, old-looking building, the kind of building that you would associate with like an academic setting. There's a number of other articles. It looks like news articles and other things that pop up below that. Some talk about recent initiatives, a few talking about new developments and technologies coming out of UCRI, just a general smattering of news stories relating to UCRI. Court is going to be scrolling through, trying to figure out relations of UCRI and, quite frankly, the abduction of people, and is willing to go to the second page if need be. <laughs> There's nothing at all that you can find associated with UCRI and abduction. No news stories, nothing of that sort. Oh, yes, come in. And in steps the same woman that had ridden to Tennessee with you in the van, Helen. Oh, hello, Helen. How are you doing? Hi, Courts. How are you feeling? I'm doing pretty good. Still a little kind of confused, but I'm starting to get a little bit of stuff back. Yeah? Do you want to talk about it? Tell me what's coming back to you? Let's see, was there anything? Oh, um, Tamagotchis uh, don't last very long, I learned. Oh, um, well, that's good to know. Ta ta Tamagotchi, uh, those, like those little robot toys... Oh, yeah, like the little egg thing I had with me? I think it might be dead because... And what, wait, did you feed it while I was unconscious? Oh, honey, my niece had one of those. I know how important they can be to people. I made sure that it got fed and changed. Don't worry about it. You are the best... Oh, so I'm going to ask permission. May I give you a hug? <laughs> sure. And you can see that Helen looks back over her shoulder at somebody in the hallway and reaches her hand out in a bit of a calming gesture and then holds her arm out to you. Court will go over and give her a genuine, like, satisfied hug. She did not expect her Tamagotchi to be alive. She returns the hug and she pats you on the back and says, Court, I genuinely want you to be happy. Oh, no, I, I'm doing good. I worry sometimes that because of how we have to bring you guys back sometimes that... We're going to look like 
at the bad guys. We're not the bad guys. We're here to help you. Oh, no, I mean, the entire experience I've had so far has been good. The only downside was uh, the whole, like, foot on my chest thing, but I can understand why I was running. Listen, we have our therapy session scheduled for a little bit later in the afternoon. I can move that up if you want to talk about this. Oh, you know what? Yeah, that actually sounds really good. I was, like, the, the smell of bologna is, like, starting to get to me, so, I, I like, any kind of movement with fresh air would really help. Oh, Court, honey, I, I'm sorry. Uh, we can't, unfortunately, leave the grounds, but I do have a window in my office that I can open. Maybe we could do it there. Oh, that would work for me. <sighs> I hate to do this, but you don't mind if I have some of my friends here walk us, right? It's for our safety. Oh, no, I trust you. <sighs> okay. Great. And she takes her hand from your shoulder where she'd left it after your hug and guides you towards the door. Court, as you exit this door, you see two men in black jumpsuits. That's not the disturbing part, though. As your eyes scan across the hallway, you make brief note of the first man's face. For whatever reason, you've gotten in the habit of cataloging people. Oh, gosh, yes. But by the time that you get to the second person's face, it's almost enough to freeze you in your tracks. The face that you see staring back at you from the man just outside your door is Tosca's face. This is a man of Tosca's build. This is a man with the same faint wave to his hair that Tosca has. This this is Tosca. Helen squeezes your shoulder. Court, hey, is everything okay? This has been What's in the Rift. If you enjoyed our show, please remember to rate and review on your favorite podcast platforms. If you really enjoyed our show, you can support us directly via Patreon or join our Discord. Both links can be found at whatsintherift.com. What's in the Rift is brought to you by Gas Station Drugs.